we're going to talk tonight about David and Goliath. And there's a lot in the story kind of about identity and realizing who you are in God, okay? And so to connect that with t-shirts, a few, a few years back when I was just out of undergrad, there's a really great friend, Janelle. And Janelle loves to pray for people, okay? Like if you meet Janelle and you're hanging out for the evening, she will be praying for you, okay? And Janelle is pretty prophetic. Like she hears from the Lord. And so, but, but it would all the time, we joke because she'd be praying for somebody. And I'm like, you're just praying what's on their t-shirt. You know, like, and, and it was one of those like subconscious things, but it's like whatever people wear on their t-shirt, it kind of has something to do with like how they're feeling or what they think. And for a while there, there were like these like big statement shirts and there was a lot of that. And so we, we kind of had this really introspective discussion about how people wear shirts and what they wear says a lot about them. Not like necessarily the fashion, but like what's on the shirt says a lot about like their interests, who they are, what they value. It's really interesting. And so from that conversation, I started really paying attention when I meet people to like their shirts and what it says. And I ask them about it because, man, that's a way to get to know somebody. It's a way to get to know a little bit about their identity. So just in talking about identity, we were like, wear your favorite t-shirt. It's maybe like a good conversation starter to get to know each other. If you didn't wear your favorite t-shirt, um, I'm sure it was described at length based on, no. <laughs> um, but it's like, I mean, we get that. And sometimes you're like, what's my favorite shirt? When shirt's the shirt. That's fair too. But it was just kind of a fun way to talk about that. But yeah, so tonight, our message is entitled, it's, it's of the Kings and Kingdoms series, right? But this is our message tonight. Lions and giants and bears. Oh my. Okay? And so... And lions and giants and bears. Okay. Um, but we're going to talk about lions and giants and bears. And we're going to look at 1 Samuel 17. So if you have your Bible, your Bible app, um, open to 1 Samuel 17. If you need a Bible, there's a bunch right here. You're welcome to come grab one at any point. Um, but you guys, so this is one of the first Bible stories I ever learned. Which is saying a lot because I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, but, but this is the one that I knew. It's the story of David and Goliath. So this young boy goes up against a Philistine giant, and he wins with just a slingshot and a rock. Um, it's a really good story. It's a fantastic story. A lot of people have heard this story, and it's fantastic. But if we've heard this story, this is one thing that it might mean. It might mean that if you are like me, we'll start to read the story, and you will kind of like, go somewhere else, because you'll think, I already know it, right? Anybody do that? Like, you've heard a story before? You're just kind of like, oh, I know about this, and move on. Um, my son is really good at that, man. Like, he's grown up in Christian culture, he's grown up in church, in Kaiapha, and somebody will say a verse, and he's like, oh, I know that verse, I'm like, what's it mean? Blank. I'm like, okay, well, maybe we should think about it a little bit more, and figure out what it means. Um, so this story is kind of like that. We might know it, but we're going to look closely at the details and consider what God can teach us through it, right? Because there's something about this boy slaying this giant, and there's something we're supposed to learn from that. We're not just supposed to know the story. Um, so last week, we considered these words in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. It said, Do not judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so you guys... As we turn the page, right to the very next chapter, 
if we consider the story of David and Goliath in the light of these words about not judging by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, man, the story takes on a whole new level of meaning. Um, so 1 Samuel 17, it tells us that Israel is at war with the Philistines. In the beginning of every day, like Philistine army would march out, Israelite army would march out, and this, this army is on one hill, this army is on another hill, and they're facing each other, okay? And then Goliath would come out, and he would taunt the army of Israel. And the basic thought was this, that whoever won in a fight against Goliath, he was like, send me anybody from Israel, any Israelite champion, and we'll go man to man. And whoever wins that fight, their army wins the entire battle. Okay? The only problem with that is Goliath the giant was a giant. Right? So... Israel would see this giant man come out and they'd all be like, no, like, no way. I'm not fine, that dude. Um, and so this happens day after day after day. And like an interesting side note, I was reading a book on First Samuel by Tim Chester and he pointed out, as we saw in chapter 15, that Saul, remember Saul looked like a king because he was a head taller than everybody else. So if there was like one really big dude in Israel, it was the king. The king, however, did not go out to face the giant. The king instead is like just hanging back and letting this happen. And so days go by, right? Um, And weeks go by and months go by. And if you read the story, which we're not going to read it word for word, but you can later. And I really encourage you to. It's super interesting. But it says 40 days this had gone on every morning for 40 days. They march out and they're like, we're going to fight today. And the giant comes out. And they all run away for 40 days. Um, so David enters the story this way. He is sent by his father to check on the three older brothers. Because the three older brothers are in the army that's going out every day and being like, no way, not find him. Okay? And so David goes to see his brothers. At the time he shows up, this giant comes out to taunt Israel. And David hears it. And this is his response. He says, who is this pagan Philistine anyway? that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God. And so you guys, what everybody else saw as this undefeatable giant, David saw through eyes of faith. And he knew that God was even bigger than this giant. And the Israelites, like, they were doing what we all naturally do, which we talked about last week. They were looking with their eyes. They were basing things on what they could see. They judged by our appearance that this dude is huge, right? But... This giant guy had also defied God. Like he was mocking the living God. And David saw that. And so from David's point of view, point of view, sure, the giant was huge, but God was still much bigger. So he was like, that's a huge dude, but that dude is mocking God. And God is way bigger than him. Um, so David understood that it wasn't his own size that mattered, but the size of his God. Right? David was like, it doesn't really matter if I'm a big dude or a little dude. That guy is is mocking God, and my God is big, okay? David knew that God was big. So how about you guys? How big is your God? Like, how big is God to you in your life? Is he small? Is he distant? Or is he bigger than even your greatest fears? That when you come up against something in your life or some tough situation, you realize, like, man, God's bigger than that. Because this is, the, this is the reason I ask that. How big or small God is to you will have great impact on how you see the giants in your life. Right? 
So if God is really small to you, then when a hard situation comes and you face hardship, or all of a sudden, like, man, you shopped and you bought too many jeans again, and <coughs> you're out of money, right? And, and it's like, if God is small, then you're going to be like, what do I do? And completely lose it, right? But if God is big, you're going to be like, man, okay, Lord, I repent. I spent too much money, but I trust you to take care of me. Or whatever the situ- situation is, right? You're going to trust God to take care of you because he's bigger than the problem. But if God is small to you, you're not going to trust him in that situation. So how you view God is going to have a huge impact on how you face those giants in your life. So David, he's asking questions to all these guys in the army. And word gets back to King Saul because at this point, Saul is still king that David's asking questions about fighting the giant. So he's brought to the king, okay? In 1 Samuel 17, 32, this is what David says to King Saul. He says, don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go fight him for you. Right? So this guy, he's still, we think, very young. He says, don't worry about this giant. I'll go fight him for you. Right? And, and at this point, you guys... Um, it's like, I wish we were reading word for word, but it doesn't even give us this tidbit that I really want to know. It's like, I don't understand what is going through Saul's head in the story. Where like, this kid comes after everyone else has run away for 40 days and says, don't worry, I got it. And then he like, sends him out. Right? I did not begin to know what's going on in Saul's head. But, in the Bible, it doesn't tell us what's going on in his head. The Bible does tell us what's going on in David's head. So in 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 37, this is what David says to Saul. When Saul's like, um, he says, I have been taking care of my father's sheep. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club to rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. So what's David doing here? Here David, he's recalling the times that God has been faithful to rescue him before. Right? He's remembering what God's done in the past. And so he's looking at this current giant, Goliath, through the lens of God's faithfulness. He's like, man, God has been faithful when there was a lion. God has been faithful when there's a bear. So I can conclude that God is faithful even when there's a giant named Goliath. Um, And you guys, like, David realizes that God is big and that he doesn't change. So if God took care of him before, he's still the God that's going to take care of him. Right? If God delivered him before, he's still the God that delivers. Um, And you guys, God will be faithful to us too. We're facing giants in our life where we're facing difficult situations, we're up against something that seems completely impossible, we need to stop and remember who God is. Like, stop and remember, who is this God in whom I trust? Who is his son, Jesus? What has he done for me? Right? And we need to stop and remember what he's done for us in the past. Right? So if, like, shame is, if you're just being beat up by shame or you're being overwhelmed, by, by hurt or some, something like that, then you can stop and be like, man, is Jesus my Savior? Was he my Savior when I prayed that prayer and asked him to come into my heart? Was he my Savior a week ago? Well, then he's probably still my Savior, right? And it's like if we're facing 
like a really hard financial situation. I don't know about you guys, but like there's times in our family that we, we face really hard financial situations. And I'll start to panic because, man, there's three kids and they're adorable. And like that's it immediately where my mind goes if we're out of money is how are we going to feed the kids? And, and I'm, I'm not kidding. Like that's, and I start to panic. But then I have to stop and I have to be like, when? Whenever in my life have my kids not had food to eat? When has God not provided? And you guys, sometimes it's been right on time. Sometimes it's literally been like, we're out of stuff. Like we're in Knoxville this one time, we were out of stuff and somebody literally just brought groceries in the door. I didn't even know what was going to happen. Wow, okay. So it was right down to the line. But man, every single time God has provided. And if I stop and realize that, I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm going to keep following you. I'm going to keep doing what you tell me to do, God, because i got to be faithful. I can't just, like, sit and do nothing. But I'm going to trust that you're going to be faithful and provide. And he does, right? Or if you're sick and, and you're not feeling well, like, man, have there been times before that you were sick and God healed you? And if you remember, like, man, God healed me before, maybe I'll do it again, right? We need to remember the things he's done in the past and who he's been to us. Right? And sometimes it's like, even if you don't have a story in your own life where you're like, I know God's a healer, maybe he hasn't healed me, right? Like, then we can go to the Bible and say, Who is God? Because this book tells us who God is, right? We need to remember who God is, and that will help us face the situation at hand. Um, and so, this whole story about like David and Goliath reminds me of a story in my own life. And I'll kind of explain the shirt. Um, but you guys, as I read this, I'll kind of explain why this reminds me of the story. I marvel at David's faith. Like, when I read this statement where he's saying, man, there have been lions and there have been bears. And they came and they were going to steal a sheep. And every time it happened, I, man, I grabbed that thing and I clubbed it. <laughs> right? Okay, like, this makes me admire David. Because, like, dude has gone up against lions and bears and won. Right? I don't know about you guys, but it's like, Yes, there's people that go up against lions and bears, but he's one. Um, and, and you guys, this, it kind of challenges me because when you read about David in the Bible and you kind of grow up um, in the faith and you've heard for a few years who David is, I mean, you know, he wrote a lot of the Psalms and so he's like kind of this artsy songwriter guy. I identify with that, right? And then he's this guy that gets described as a man after God's own heart, right? That's what I want to be. And then if you keep reading his story, like past this chapter, we see all this time that King Saul is literally pursuing David because he knows he's going to be the next king, trying to kill him. And David, like, doesn't go after him, even when he has the chance. So you're like, David is this great dude. But I kind of have to let go of, like, the just sweet, kind little David picture a little bit from the story. Because, like, he's not just this shepherd boy that's sitting there writing songs on a ukulele with a sheep cuddled in his lap. Like, he's also this guy that it's like, if you come grab the sheep and you are a lion, you are fixing to die. Right? Like, like he's this tough guy. And so there's kind of like this, this ferocity and a tenderness that meet in this, in this person of David. And, and I think that's kind of interesting to me because a lot of times we think of him as one or the other. It's like, man, this guy absolutely <laughs> loved the Lord. You know, if you touch his sheep, he'll kill you. You know, like, like he's, he's kind of tough. And so I think it challenges me a little bit, um, that part of the story. But also, this is, this is why it challenges me. You guys, bears are scary. Bears are scary. Um, and so I have very, very little experience with lions. One time in my life have I personally met a lion. 
it was on purpose, and it was a lion cub, and it sat in my lap, and we took a picture. Right. That was my whole experience with lions. Absolutely adorable. Uh, Full-grown ones. I'm good. But bears, y'all, I have had experience with bears. And I have to say bears are scary. They're absolutely scary. So, you know, just, I think it makes me think of what David was dealing with, right, when he's like, God's delivered me from a bear. Man, that's no joke. That's realizing that God has done some crazy, crazy stuff for him in the past. Um, and, and like, so this lends itself perfectly to tell this story. And I think it's fun. I'll keep you awake. Um, so we're going to talk about it. And then we'll jump back into David. But you guys, okay, so this is how I have experience with bears. I like to hike. Okay, I like to be outside in nature. The worst day ever for me is a day that is spent indoors in air conditioning, and fluorescent lighting. Like, I hate it. I love to be outside, okay? And so a few years back, I went hiking with my friend, Bethany. And just the two of us, we were in Knoxville at the time, so we drove up to Sevierville for the day, and we are like, we're going to hike Mount Lacan. We've done it before. We absolutely love it. You get to the top, and the view is just beautiful, and you're super exhausted, so you just sit there and, like, eat all the cookies. And, like, and then you're like, oh, we have to go back down. And so we, we go down and we like make up stories and sing songs and stuff the whole way down. And that keeps us like awake, okay? And so this was like not even the first time we've done this, but we decided to do it again. Because I was we had already moved here and I think I went back to visit or something. So we're like, we're gonna go hiking. And you guys, as we're hiking, you know, I mean, maybe it's dumb to hike just in pairs, but a lot of people do it. But it was one of those days that like we just went on a hike. We didn't bring a lot of stuff, we didn't I didn't have any like mace or a knife or I don't have a gun so I wouldn't have had a gun I didn't bring anything okay and you, you should probably always like bring something if you're hiking just two like smallish girls in the woods just thought but I didn't and so we're walking down the trail and I heard something like this up to me right and I look and I saw what I heard and I'm like oh okay and she didn't see it and she's not as like outdoorsy as me and I don't really know what she would do so I was like hey let's just go back up the trail. And so just pull her back up the trail. And I was like, let's just go see what, let, let's go look at this view. So we walk up the trail. And then I hear the thing in the tree line start to like follow. This isn't working, right? So I'm like, oh, maybe I didn't want to go up the trail. Let's go down the trail. You know, and she's just like following me. Man, she's such a good friend. Um, and she's just following me. And I'm like, yeah, we'll go down the trail. And the whole time I'm thinking, like if we give it a really wide berth, because this is like, if you read outdoorsy like things and blogs and this what tell you. If you if we give it a really wide berth, you know, it'll just go on its merry way and leave it alone. And so I'm like, we'll just give it space, it will go away. So we it's come through the, the trees and I'm like, we'll just go back. So we go back down the trail, right? And right about then it pops out on the trail, okay? And she sees it and it's a black bear. And Man, he would have been like so cute and cuddly if he had not been like where Madison is. Um, and so like, I guess about where Madison is, okay? But he pops out, and at this point, she sees him, right? And so I don't know if you guys know, black bears, they're not naturally aggressive. I mean, maybe if you have a sheep that it wants for dinner, it might be aggressive. But they're not naturally aggressive, okay? But they do have a startle reflex, cool? And so. If a black bear sees you and you go, it's like, oh, dinner, okay? And, and it's like, it's just like one of those animal instinct things. And so she sees it pop out on the trail and she goes, 
right? And so it starts to run towards us, right? And you tripped And you guys, I want to tell you that I was like David, and I grabbed a rock, and I grabbed that thing by the jaw, and I just, no. I grabbed her arm, and I was like, we're running. And so we started to run, and as we're running, I'm, I'm like praying some incoherent prayer, which is like, God, you know, and that's probably it. Like, God, you know, like, oh, uh, there's a bear, and like, I don't have more words, but you see, you know. Um, and so we're running down this trail, and at some point, it dawns on me that she has some crackers in her bag, and like, so if you go hiking without mace, without a knife, without a gun, like, please bring wheat thins, okay? Um, so she has some wheat thins, and I'm like, drop your crackers, right? So she drops the wheat thins, and she, you're never supposed to feed bears, that's actually illegal. Um, but she drops the wheat thins and like praise the Lord the bear stops to eat the wheat thins and we just kept on running okay and and I think um, and at some point like I picked up a rock because we got like about a mile further down the trail and she's like I'm not a runner I'm like you are today like we're still running and she's like please stop you know it's gone and, 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 and she's like where'd the rock come from I mean it's like a big you know I don't know like at some point I picked it up and I'm just like running this mile with this rod like a football. And she's like, what were you going to do with it? I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know? And, then like, and she's like, no, that would, that would be bad. I'm like, it stopped. I, we don't have to find out what I was going to do. Lord. <laughs> Lord, um, but, but I realized that I'm not like David. Okay? And in that moment where it's like, you know, life situation hits the fan... Like, I wasn't like, God, you're my deliverer. Smash. Like, no. I mean, I was like, God, be my deliverer. You know, and, and, I'm, and I'm going. But I think that even more, like, astounds me at who David was and his willingness to trust God and trust God to give him the ability to, like, triumph in a situation. Because, man, I've been, and that's, there wasn't a lamb, but, you know, there was a bear. And I've been in that situation, and I'm like, it, it was you know, it wasn't easy. And then, like, man, we made record time down the mountain today. Um, right, record time. And so, I think, like, when I reread, or when I stop and think about my experience, I have to reread, you know, these words where he's like, man, the Lord rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear, and he'll rescue me from this Philistine. Right? And so, David, he's the guy, he didn't run. Like, if he saw a bear with his sheep, like, he went at it, and, and he hugged it to that right? Um And I think if that doesn't take some trust in God to deliver you, I don't know what does, right? Like, I have no idea. And, and, like, so God, he did deliver us that day from the bear, not in the same way he delivered David. Cool. Um, but, like, man, countless times since, I've thanked God for that. And, and it's really funny, because countless times since, I've thought of that situation and I'm like, well, if you didn't let that thing eat me, like, surely I'm here still for a purpose. And, and so, God, you're going to me, like, continue to look for you. And, and I'm not kidding. And it's, it's funny. So that's my bear story. But I think David's are, like, way more hardcore. Because um, in the face of Goliath, David knew that God had already been faithful to deliver him so many times before. And so he's like, man, God's going to be faithful to deliver me again. Um, and then it, it kind of explains why. Why David intended to conquer Goliath. In verse 47, he says this, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. So that kind of gives us an insight into his thought. He's not trying to defeat this giant for bragging rights. 
there were definitely some rewards the king had offered to whoever went out to fight him. But he's saying he wanted to do it to bring God glory. And I think that's really interesting. So when we look at the things we're facing in our life, when we look at the things that are giants in our life, it's like, man, why do we want to get past them? Do we want to get past them because it would just make things easier? Or make us look better? Or do we want to get past them so that God will be glorified through what he's done in us? And, and I think, like, man, that little, that little shift is everything, right? When we go from just wanting to get past something because it makes my life better to, like, no, God, like, I want you to provide for my family so people will see, like, you can serve the Lord with your life. And, like, you'll take care of me, right? And, and I think, like, that little shift is, like, everything because that's when, like, faith endures. Um, and so it says, it says this um, in verse 45, and I'll kind of, like, read a little bit of it so you can hear what happened from the Bible itself. It says, David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. So, I mean, this is a little hardcore. He's like, like God is coming to get you, bro. Um, and he says, and everyone assembled here will know the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. So he's saying, it's not really me that's doing it. God's going to do this. It says, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone. He hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over, pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath, and David used it to kill him and cut off his head. So you guys are like, David went out and he didn't even bring a sword. He's just like, God's got this. Man, that takes faith, right? Like, I mean, he just goes out. And so with this, this sling and this rock, he hits him in the head. When the dude falls, he takes his own sword. Like Goliath's own sword, and he's killed with it. Um, but I think what's amazing about this is in this story, David sees past what everybody else sees, right? He sees past the size of Goliath. He sees past his own ability and what he could receive as a reward. And he sees the importance of bringing God glory by refusing to let ungodly giants defy him. And so that kind of brings us to us in this story, right? And talking about how do we face giants, right? How do we face giants? And the first one we kind of talked about already is remember who God is, right? So remember who he is. The way we do that is we look at the Bible and what it says he is. And remember who he's been in our life, right? So remember the things he's done for us in the past. And you guys, like, even if you're sitting here and you're like, God's never done anything to me. Man, are you breathing? Right? Your eyes working? Your limbs kind of move okay, man. God's God's been working every day of your life, right? Like it's like if there is breath in your lungs, God has done something for you because that didn't have to be, right? God has done something for every single one of us. So we can remember who God is and who He's been to us, and then remember who you are. And though it doesn't say it in the story, I absolutely believe that this this comes to play a part in this. It's because at this point David had already been anointed. 
he'd already been told, you're the future king of Israel. And, and I really believe that, like, he knew, man, God has a plan for my life. And so I trust that he's going to take care of me in this situation. Like, I fully believe that he knew. He had already been told, God has this plan for your life. And we see him walk it out. If you keep reading the book of 1 Samuel, we see him walk out. And he talks about, like, he knows he's going to be, like, what God's going to do in his life and stuff. Like, he's aware and at the same time, he just trusts that the Lord will work in the situation. And so he knows who he is, right? And so for us, when we're facing obstacles, we need to remember who God is, and we need to remember who we are in Christ, right? So like we sang tonight, you're a child of God, right? And you guys, we have something that David didn't have, right? Through Christ, because we have salvation through what Jesus did on the cross, right? So we've all done things wrong. And he came and he suffered and he died on the cross in our place. And then three days later, the Bible tells us he rose again, which means he conquered sin and shame and death for us so that we can have a close relationship with God. You guys, David, he couldn't have that kind of relationship with God. In the Old Testament, they had to go to a temple and they had to offer sacrifices and they had to meet with a priest. And that's how they communed with God. It's like every single one of us have something he didn't have because we can have personal relationship with God through Christ and we have his Holy Spirit in us so we can sense his presence with us. And David didn't have that. So like his faith is huge in this because he's not got this like, God, I know you're with me. I can trust that you're with me. I feel you with me, right? He doesn't have this like salvation in Christ like we know it, right? So we have even more than he had, and we can trust him out. We can trust man, Jesus. Like, if you've prayed and you've asked him to be your Lord and Savior, you can trust and be like, Jesus, I trust you. I trust you to help me. I trust you to be with me in the situation. And then we can know that nearness. He didn't have that. And that's really incredible. But when we truly see how great our God is and who we are in him, you guys, giants don't stand a chance. They don't stand a chance. Um... And I think, like, sometimes it's one of those, it's really easy to see, like, in, in the temporal, this is something that, like, I've really struggled with in situations, right? Because, like, there's some giants that make no sense to me, right? Like, a few years ago, we were ministering to a young lady who had cancer, right? And, and so we prayed for her, and we're like, man, God, we pray that you heal her, right? And, and it was one of those things that, like, talking with our pastor at church, you know, he was like, cancer is big, but God's bigger, Right? And, and so it's one of those things that me looking at the situation, I'm like, God, you're going to get rid of the cancer. Right? Like, you're going to. Um, and it's like really interesting because he did, but then there was like a secondary infection and she passed away. And I struggled with that for a long time. And I was like, God, I mean, like you were supposed to be victorious in the situation. And after struggling with it for a really long time, you know, and talking um, to some friends who like knew her and we were processing together, just talking to one friend who's the campus pastor in Arkansas. He's like, Jackie, where is she? Like, where is she at right now? I'm like, heaven? He's like, is that losing? Right? Like, like, is that losing? Like, she's in the presence of God forever. Is that losing? I'm like, no, that's not losing. Man, so there's like things that like, even though it might break our body and it might take our life, if we are in Christ, like it can't ever be, that can't ever be taken from us. Right? Like, heaven, nothing can take it. Once you know Christ, like, it's forever, no matter what happens here. And it's like, man, God helps us here a lot, right? 
But even in the moments that we don't have help here, we know that, like, this isn't all there is. And someday we're going to meet God face to face. And we're going to know him forever in heaven. Right? And, like, no one can take that. No situation can take that. No giant can take that. Not something that, like, each and every one of us can have. Um, and so we're going to spend just a few minutes in prayer. Um, but just some things to think about as we go into prayer. Like, man, if you don't know Jesus, like, if you haven't invited him in, because I think that's a lot of times we hear about, like, Jesus, and we're like, yes, Jesus in the cross, and he died for me. Um, but really, like, we have to ask him in. And so if you haven't asked him, be my Lord, be my Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that tonight. Okay? And then some other things we're going to pray about. I just encourage you guys to think for a minute. Where are the places that God might be calling you to stand for him? Like, are there giants? Are there obstacles? Are there situations that God might be calling you to be the person that's like, man, I'll go up against that because it's defying God and it doesn't need to be there. Um, Or where are the places that God might be calling you to look past what you see? Like, maybe something seems just absolutely impossible, but you know God's calling you there. Like, where are those places he would call you to look past? Um... And where are those places that the Lord might be wanting to use you to bring him glory?